Record. All right. Well, we're back again with uh, Lord Clark and friends and Lord Cran here on the line. So, um, hello. Let's get right into it today. Uh, we've got uh, many things to discuss. Uh, first of all, um, we know it's a feat to uh, reach, have your characters reach level 70 in WoW, so we wanted to congratulate you. Thank you. Thank actually you. making it within uh, a reasonable time span. Um, well, I'll tell you, it wasn't exactly reasonable. It took me about eight months. Is it really eight months? I thought it took you like three. <laughs> no, 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 no. It took a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm a mage. So, basically, you know, I'd group up with people in a party, and bam, I'd get killed. I'd practically be the first one to get everybody killed. <laughs> so... <laughs> Mages die a lot. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. Though I don't play myself, so I can't really comment much on this. But we just wanted to congratulate you on uh, getting your level seventy character. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Um, but, you know, I know we had been talking about a few things off the record here, um, but, you know, oh. we always have to look at the election these days until the election happens in November. I did, did do have to mention today I did make it out to vote in the Republican primary for our state. Um, you did? Yeah, I actually did, after you told me earlier today that we were going to, we had to vote. <laughs> wow, that's motivation. Who would you vote for? Um, well... The whole thing either had a whole bunch of empty slots, which I think I wrote in I wrote in different people's names that I could think of, um, and then there was like a couple of one-party candidate Republican candidates for two different offices. So I voted for them. I can't even remember their names now. Do you feel like a minority in the voting booth? Um. Well, as a Republican in Massachusetts, yes, I do feel like a minority in the voting booth. <laughs> <laughs> Though I didn't manage to hear overhear some of the polling people say, um, saying that they, you know, basically claiming they were Republicans and making fun of Democrats. Well, I was checking at just after I checked in. Uh, <laughs> So I was kind of interested to hear that, that maybe there's a hope for uh, Republican politics in Massachusetts. Well, the old folks usually, when they, you know, they go through the roster, they just usually give me a dirty look, like, ooh, you're one of them. <laughs> Get out, or whatever, you know. Well, it sounded like the old lady who gave me my roster selection was a Republican also, so at least I didn't get the dirty look. Ah. Uh. Um. <laughs> So I guess we have to uh, get into a little bit of this uh, presidential election, though I, I do think it might be worth mentioning. We're still wondering whether or not Kerry is going to even retain his uh, ability to be elected to his seat in the Senate. Uh, you all, so? I don't know. He's actually up against some tough competition in the uh, primary tonight, um, though we should probably look that up. But, uh, you know, there was a chance that Kerry wasn't even going to be be put up as the Democratic nominee for the Senate this time around. Well, it uh, appears that he bested the first primary opponent in 24 years. He fended off Democratic challenger uh, Ed O'Reilly. Oh, that that sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't need... Never heard of the guy. <laughs> we, don't, we definitely don't need another six years of Kerry in office. 
<laughs> but he's an intellectual. <laughs> oh, intellectual. <laughs> well, anything, I think any, anybody with a higher IQ than Bush counts as an intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Well, well uh, the, the bar has been lowered, you must admit. I mean... Oh, granted, I... Anybody could get in after Bush and look like a genius. True, I'll give you that. Except in oil trading, you know, everything that I've heard says that uh, Bush's oil trading is, is the best in the world right now. Um, but anyways, uh, this does bring up another point that we were going to talk about later on the show, but I think we'll talk about now. Since we're talking about Kerry, who's a uh, Democrat Party elite. Um, oh, he's an elite, huh? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah, well, that's what I... He's, is he smarter than the average Democrat voter? Is that what it means to be an elite? I I think that's what they think it means. Um, I'm does almost he gonna... have any of those picnic baskets? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, we we were kind of talking about this before also, which is, you know, we were also talking about Biden and why he thinks he's better, you know this vice presidential nominee who thinks he's better than the rest of us. And I think Kerry thinks the same thing. So. Well, I thought there was that other question of, uh, really, who is Biden, and why don't we know anything about him? <laughs> True. <laughs> well, all I know about him is he's been in the Senate, and, you know, if Obama is the a candidate of, quote, change, just like Deval Patrick, and we've seen the change that Deval Patrick has brought us, which is absolutely nothing. Well, Together not we can. We've made a lot of changes for the worse. Yeah, exactly. For the worse and no change at all. Now, you got to, I mean, it may be mincing, mincing words a little bit, but they, a lot of the people for change have made bad changes. Bad changes are worse than no changes. True. That is very true. But, you know, I, I love this together we can. Well, together we can. I mean, the only thing that I think together, the only thing you can come up with that you say, that, that together we can means is together we can raise your taxes. Um, Correct. <laughs> and so, you know, change, you know, all I can think of is, uh, you know, change, you know, change for the better, change for the better, Better means higher taxes. That's all it means to me. Uh, well, change is what we have left when the taxes have already uh, taken their toll on us. True. <laughs> Can't wait to see my taxes this year. Um, uh, but anyways, back to you know this this Biden who. I can't think of anybody worse to pick if you're trying to change things than Biden, uh, because he's just one of the Democrat uh, rank-and-file senators who, much like Kerry, uh, doesn't have his head screwed on straight. Well, there is that fellow named Ted Kennedy, right? Yeah, well, you know, for for the communists... He would be worse than Biden. No, actually, I don't mind Ted Kennedy, because, you know, for the communist that Kennedy is... At least Ted Kennedy brings jobs to Massachusetts and looks out for Massachusetts. I'll give Kennedy a slight pass, only because, you know, I, I've seen the SBIR program that Kennedy uh, wrote up, which uh, I think 70% of all of the SBIR money goes to Massachusetts. Um, so anytime he can fleece the, the government to make more jobs in Massachusetts, hey, that's what he's there to do is to benefit Massachusetts, so... 
in the Senate, you know, got to give him credit, <laughs> at least in that respect. He did his job. Um, I can't buy into that. I can't. I know it's horrible to believe. It's horrible to believe, but it it in in he's a communist, and and, yeah. and and everything else, and it, uh, and he 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 believes things that are totally polar opposite to his brother, uh, you know, his assassinated brother there, um, yeah, you know, totally polar opposite beliefs on the on the party system, but at least he you know at least he's taking care of Massachusetts. <laughs> Sure. I mean, if you if you can, you know, get past the major hurdle, which is the idea that he wants to rob from the whole country just to give to Massachusetts, while also robbing Massachusetts, then yeah, I guess he's all right. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a good way to put it. I mean, <laughs> how do you rob from everybody and put it in my pocket? Well, I'll raise my uh, wage in the Senate. <laughs> Um, but anyway we haven't even touched the the real focal point of the latest news and that would be Sarah Palin oh true yes well I guess she uh, you know Tina Fey made an appearance on Saturday Night Live uh, mocking Tina Fey or making fun of her now I didn't get to see this but I read a few articles about it it sounded interesting um and decent political commentary, but well, I, I can't exactly you know count Saturday Night Live as necessarily a credible political source, but I would like to say that you know she was on some interview right with a more credible source, and I guess the question of this Bush doctrine came up about and you know whether or not she believed in it, and yeah, she got a lot of flack for it. I guess there was some question of what part of it. Did she or didn't she believe in? You know, I don't think many people know what the Bush doctrine is, but well, if, do you want to if, enlighten? That, if, if the general belief is that, well, what Bush has done is bad, yeah. so, so associating yourself with the Bush doctrine, good or bad, is probably still bad. So right. admitting uh, not knowing, perhaps, is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. I'd agree there. So we did have that anniversary of 9-11. Right. In a long time, right? Seven years. Seven years, yeah. Wow. That's, that's gone by quickly. And I, I had a couple points to talk about on that because it, 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 you know, it seemed like a relevant issue. I mean, I look back and I still have the same thoughts I did back then, you know. The day after September 11th and the week, I mean, I, it was kind of a blur, but what I do remember of it was, who did this, and when are we going to attack their country? And we never really did that. We had this little war on terrorism, you know, this little indeterminate set of targets. Right. And we never did really feel like, as a nation, got any sort of revenge or payback or counter-strike whatsoever. We've just had suck it. And... So that, that issue did come to mind in, in terms of the, the anniversary. And then the question, you know, and whether or not this is a, a, a correlation or, or, or not, but, you know, well, we haven't had any major attacks on the U.S. since then. But is that a direct correlation? 
you know, I believe uh, it is. of our safety, of all these crazy hoops that we've done for national security and, and being paranoid and giving up many of our liberties, are we any safer or is it just perhaps coincidence? I think, honestly, my opinion is is uh, I think we're actually kind of safer in a roundabout way. Um, you know, you talk about vengeance. You know, we should have attacked a few more people than we did. We should have, my honest opinion is we should have turned uh, the Tora Bora area into a nuclear wasteland um, so that if they walk outside of their caves in Tora Bora, they uh, die of radiation sickness. Um, you know, so that... So that we don't have to worry about uh, border jumping in between Afghanistan and Pakistan. That's my own personal opinion. Um, but I do believe that our uh, war on terror in Iraq has uh, actually helped us a bit in staving off terrorism in America by sucking all the terrorists into Iraq instead of uh, on the U.S. soil. Huh. And my my personal belief is that what's happening is all these jihadists, well, I don't have to buy a plane ticket to get myself to Canada or to Mexico or to somewhere in the New World. I can attack U.S. troops right here in my own backyard. I can drive there. And ass is cheap in my country because <laughs> we're the ones pumping it. So, uh, you know, we can just uh, drive over to Baghdad or Sadr City or wherever, Fallujah, the uh, city of the week, um, over there. I can strap a couple of bombs to my body in my truck and blow myself up. Um. Well, would you say that, well, I understand that there haven't been any physical uh, attacks, but could you also look at the increases in the cost of oil and gasoline as an economic attack, a terrorist attack? Uh. I, honestly, I don't. I, you're giving them a little bit too much credit, but I, I think what is happening is yes, I do believe that some foreign governments like Iran are trying to use economics of oil to their advantage, um, because every time that you know, what did they say? The difference between oil costing seventy-five dollars and ninety dollars puts an extra seven point five billion dollars into uh, um, Iran's. Bank Wait, account directly. Before you finish, before you finish that, was that a question in which the response was supposed to be lipstick? What do you mean by lipstick? <laughs> what What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> so, in in any event, it, it to a government that was struggling to make pay, to make cash. Um, you know, threat of terror on other nations has actually raised the price of oil and uh, raised them a ton of cash to be able to do thing to do things that they they want to do in their illicit activities. Now you'll you'll never le- you'll never hear this from the bleeding heart liberals um, that any of this has a correlation to terrorism, but you know it does. What exactly are you uh, getting at with these liberties they're taking? Well, you know, I mean, oh, Iran, you know, it's part of the axis of evil, but we can't condemn them for being the axis of evil, you know. They're not the largest supporter of terrorist activities in the world. You know, if there was no money in terrorism, do you think that people would actually be involved in it? Of course, of course. 
I mean, terrorism itself, you know, as we know it at least today, stems from Islamic beliefs. At least in the majority consensus of what terrorism is. Oh, now it's an Islamic thing or a Muslim thing. But actually. Actually, the modern version of this, this modern version of Islamic terrorism isn't a Muslim thing. They didn't even come up with this among themselves. Well, the, the Irishman um, in, from the IRA um, taught these Muslim people how to how to how to do car bombings. But but terrorism is a result of religious control. Religious or economic control, because or the IRA... economic control, right. Yeah, because the IRA in Northern Ireland was, was really protesting economic control of the British government. Um, and the fact that they were Catholic and... Well, I guess it was a religious war, too. The Catholics versus the Protestants. Um, <coughs> mm. And I don't care which side you come down on that one. It was just an, it was just kind of an interesting thing to you know see see these good old Protestant guys go and blow stuff up, and then see a, a Catholic guy go do the same thing. Um, and they they brought about the new age of terrorism, which they were a little bit smarter. I got to give the give the Irish guys some credit. They figured you can drive up a car, light the timer, and run away, and then the car will blow up, and then I can go get another car and do it again. The you know. Or head to the pub. Yeah, head to the pub and, and get a dr- get a free round of drinks because you 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 just blew up. You just did something <laughs> that everybody wanted you to do. So um, they had a good idea. I mean, at least they had a good idea. You know. But you would have to admit, no matter what you believe, that at least you know they have really uh, not the Irish the. Uh, the jihadists have really changed the face of terrorism. I mean, yeah. before 9-11, we would negotiate because they'd want something. Right. Now they don't want something except to blow people up, which implies that they're going to get perhaps 40 virgins in the afterlife. or 70 virgins. You know, whatever, 70, 40. They're getting more than 10. Right. You know, it's a numbers game. Well, and the question you have to ask yourself is, if if somebody was promising you te- 70 virgins, would you believe them? No. <laughs> because but can you find 70 virgins? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. But would you really want 70 virgins? That's the other... But that, that, that remains to be seen. But right. getting back to the, the real and slightly non-humorous issue of are we any safer? I don't think so. I don't think – I don't feel any more safer. I feel like I've got, as a human, uh, more re- – in the U.S., uh, more restriction on movement yeah, or and more re- uh, restriction on consumerism. Um, True. As well as restrictions on economic growth. So there are a whole bunch of factors that have come into play. Um, as a country, I don't think we're any better off with all of the new policies in place. The Patriot Act is horrible, absolutely horrible for us. Uh, you know what, what it appears that we've already done is uh, we've got wiretapping going on, and the whole FISA thing got thrown out the window. Yep. You know, it doesn't seem like it's uh, it's good for people, and uh, we are less free now than we were 20 years ago. Oh, I totally agree with you. 
and I, I especially hate some of the new things, the new shiny things they put on the airport. You know, oh, let's check everybody's shoes. The right. shoe bomber. I mean, come on. You gotta. T- I gotta take off my shoes. I gotta take off my belt. My my pants fall down. You know, it's getting kind of annoying at this point. You know, to go yep. through airport security. You know, you gotta put out. You gotta take out your laptop. I understand the laptop thing, but you know, it's still. Well, it, but it's it, for it, a false it sense of security. Far away. I mean, it's not even nearly as far away as oh, when I go to the airport. Okay, now you go for gasoline. And they ask you for uh, your zip code as a security pin. Like you know, they're, they're, it's. Oh, I haven't been asked that. Other well, it will. You watch; they'll they'll be asking for blood soon. You know, it's just permeating, making more and more inconveniences every which way you turn. You know, right. you have to actually pay a 9/11 security fee when you uh, get an airplane ticket. Now. Oh yeah, among other things. Among other things. <laughs> I I actually the last international flight I booked. The ticket cost me six hundred dollars, yep. and I had to spend three hundred dollars in taxes and fees for everything else included in the ticket. Uh, this is not the American way to be so in you know taxed every which way you turn. It's not the American way. That's very true. We must remember our our forefathers here. You know, Sam Adams and. Uh, John Hancock, who... Sam Adams, huh? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll have a drink to Sam Adams and his friend John Hancock. I mean, let's 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 truly remember why why Sam why John Hancock wanted uh, to get rid of the Stamp Act and get rid of this because he was smuggling crap into this country himself, and he figured, you know, I can get it in tax free if we can get rid of this British government. Uh, so yeah, our our government was built on a tax-free shipping system. You know, yep. government was built so that we wouldn't have to have taxes. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have this abhorrent tax system that that we tried to get rid of the, from the British. So how did we go from you know no taxation, no taxation without representation, to tax Massachusetts? Well, see, they they you see, they figured out that the the loophole on that clause. Well, you have a representative now, so now we can tax you because <laughs> you are represented. Now in oh, Massachusetts, okay. in in the Grand Duchy of Massachusetts, as I like to call it, because as soon as you get elected to office, you you're almost never going to be kicked out. Um, and there's still somebody on the uh, on the Democrat side that was uh, convicted of a crime and still running for office. Uh, convicted of some sort of, uh, I think it was tax evasion or something. They were telling me on my way into the voting poll, huh. and uh, he was still able to run for office. Well, you know that you shouldn't have any prejudices against tax evasion, right? I mean, <laughs> a good upstanding citizen has to have a few things wrong. <laughs> True, especially if he's a politician. <laughs> well, this is Massachusetts, of course. Um, okay. Oh man, yeah, taxation. Oof, I hate how much they take out of my paycheck. So it uh, sounds like they're they're actually on the ballot. Uh, question one to repeal the state income tax, and uh, it seems that it's heavily contested by the teachers' unions because they think, oh, everything's going to stop. You know, the money will stop. Nobody's going to 
look for the children. Look after the children. The fact is, though, we're going to make up for it in property tax. Uh, you know what? I don't really care. You know what? I don't really care about your children. I don't really care about your children. You know what? I think you should be taxed for each child you have. You have a child in school. You should pay a tax for your school. Okay? Leave the tax on me and put the tax on you. You're burdening the system. You're putting that kid in school. You know what? I shouldn't have to pay my taxes to put your kid through school. You know, it's not a service I'm doing. And this is from somebody who actually works for a semi for a semi-public school, okay, it's where your tax dollars pay my salary. In my honest opinion is this would help us a lot and help the, the world a lot if you had to pay for your dumb kid to go through school, okay? You know, let your property tax be higher and lower mine so that I can get, you know, better service from the, from the trash guy, okay? At least well, you, you, you're hitting the tip of the iceberg, and that is what exactly in our society would best be privatized and you know i mean would un what would the consequence be of privatizing the school system i mean you've heard all about the the m uh mcat and all you know the sats and all of these standardized tests and the values in our state have been bad and, you know it looks like everything's downhill would you see actual better progress in the state if people were privately going to school and okay. you know let, you were to let, remove public let, education systems let, well, let, let me just uh let me just uh, say something the school that i work for a hundred percent passing rate of the mcas this is this is a school where we take public kids who can't can't make it in public school. It's an alternative school. I won't name it. Um, it's an alternative school, uh, but they get a hundred percent passing rate. And this is because you know a private organization is in charge of their schooling. And what about the teachers? Do they all pass their things, or do they? You hear about the three strike rule on that, and then they still pass. I haven't heard about that, but the teachers are all, we, we hire younger teachers who are actually motivated, and then, oh, you know, okay. the teachers usually move on to public school jobs because they can make more money and they can not do less work. Um, okay. So, you know, yeah, the the private system, you know, I can't say is 100% benefit, but there are some teachers that are actually in it for the teaching, the older teachers that are in our school, and they're just in it for the teaching and don't care about the money. And, and trust me, teachers make a good salary when you cut out the fact that they get three months of, they get three months off. I mean, hey, if you're going to have three months of vacation every year, you make a good living. Um, Do they really get the full amount for vacation, or are they supposed to be planning lessons? No, 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 no. They get the full amount for vacation. If they're planning lessons over that summer break, they get paid. Uh, that's extra. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's a wholly different... That's a wholly different thing. Um, I did not know that. Plus, they also get part of the state retirement fund, and you know, as long as you're a teacher in Massachusetts, you're gonna you're gonna get a pension from Massachusetts. Uh, you pay into the pension program, but you're gonna get a pension, no matter where you teach. Um, and that's based on the last three years of your your working. Uh, so. No matter where you teach, you're going to make a pretty good pension. 
What do you think of that? I mean, nobody in the public, uh, in the private sector, rather, uh, gets pensions these days, really. I mean, pension seems to be like an antiquated concept. Shouldn't they just work or starve? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I see both ends of the pension program. I mean, if your company is going to support a pension, they do. The only thing they get is they're, they're exempt from SSI. So, in actuality, the state pension, they put their SSI money into the state pension fund instead, which means they're actually going to get a pension when SSI runs out. So, yeah. in all honesty, I think the state is actually doing a better job than the federal government is at protecting their interests. Um, so, at, at, at whose uh, expense, though? Well, the pension fund is actually funded by the S the money that they those teachers would have been paying into SSI gets paid into the pension fund. So the pension fund is actually funded at the teachers' expense. But we're paying their salaries. Uh, yes. But so we're paying for their pension. Technically, at it's at some point, but. <laughs> uh, it's a part of their they have to deduct it from their income which we're paying them right yeah so it, I mean I don't mind paying teachers to teach uh, in certain instances I think they should be held accountable like everybody else and this whole fact that you can't lose your union job uh, disgusts me um, you know they should be held accountable like any other worker in which case I don't mind, you know. But I also, like I said previously, I think that you should be paying a, ta a higher tax rate if you have kids in school versus someone who doesn't. Mm. Um, and that tax rate should uh, be higher if you have kids in school, especially property tax rate, where it's the best place to tax you on it. Uh, where you should, the city and town should lower my tax rate if I don't have any children in school. Right. Um, let's get an, an equitable system in place. Mm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing we need to do. Uh, solve a lot of issues. And also not be, you know, somebody who chooses not to have children be punished for that. Correct. Uh, yeah, I don't see why they should. I mean... We we do uh, technically reward, and it's kind of ironic because, you know, if you look at least on the state level, um, it's it's weird because our state is seen as puritanical and yet extremely liberal. Right. So rewarding something like family values for having more kids seems kind of odd in that context. Well, it. it it's fine in the puritanical context, um, which the state was founded on and has some very good values. Still find it funny that there's a law in the books that, you know, says adultery is a capital crime in Massachusetts. Um, we'll bring that up whenever I can. Uh, so I, I can now see why the death penalty opponents really want to keep the death penalty away from Massachusetts because, you know... Now you can start prosecuting people for adultery and and execute them, uh, you know, which I think would be a really interesting thing to happen to Massachusetts if we were to bring back the old laws uh, and bring back the death penalty. Um, 
But back to our education question, I think we still have forgotten the, the whole private versus public, and we have to look at our universities and understand that the private universities are all better universities than the public ones. Um, mm. And that private education in the university system not only is better, but costs less. Um, from what I understand, Harvard University basically has stopped charging tuition. Though tuition is on the books is forty five thousand dollars a year, they've for fundamentally because their endowment is so large, stopped charging mm. kids to go to school there, and they're what at least one of the top five, if not the top two universities in the world judged. Mm. You know, zero tuition. Mm. Um, what does that tell you about private fun, uh, private education? It tells you that it can be done not only effectively but it can be done so that the that again the person going to the school doesn't pay because the alumni pick up the tab again we tax our alumni we tax the people that that went here or we ask the pe- we don't tax them we allow, ask them for donations they donate huge amounts of money and sometimes, then yeah sometimes well look at the you know harvard gives you a benefit of having an education and getting you a good job well you you went to a state school as did i have you donated back to the school uh no because i felt the school was horrid and i i felt that the decisions they were doing with their money wrecking the engineering program uh don't deserve to have any more money thrown at it plus oh. plus the state taxes that i pay donates to the school plenty and the fact that uh that I, you know, the person that was ahead of the school, William Bulger, at the time that I left, had a brother on the run who was a mobster. You know, we can always get into Whitey, you know. Um, but how is where this? Is Whitey? Yeah, where's Whitey? Um, you know, state school. I, I just, I wanted nothing to do with it after I left. Hmm. I felt so like you feel maybe if you went to Harvard, you'd be more compelled to donate. Well, usually Harvard doesn't cut your program and uh, <laughs> while inviting you to join. So you're not bitter, per se? Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Can you hear my sarcasm? <laughs> yes. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, I like the fact that they closed my program before, while admitting me to my program. I thought that was a real sleazy move. Um, or, excuse me, that was a real slick move. It is what it is. You know, uh, yeah. over the years, there were professors that you would sign up for one course, and boom, the first day of class, bait and switch. They'd switch you to somebody who you didn't want to be with. Oh, I had that happen to me a few times, and that ticked me off. Sign up for yeah. one professor and get another one. But uh, wouldn't it be fun if we did that with politicians, you know? If we didn't actually get who we voted for... Oh, wait! That does happen. That happens all the time in Massachusetts. That happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think we should probably wrap this one up for tonight. Alright, well, we got a good uh, good conversation going, and we got plenty more things to talk about that we can talk about later in the week. Maybe put up a few podcasts this week. Um, hopefully I'll get this up within the next day or so. Um... And uh, sounds like it's a good time to stop. Okay. All right.
If you'd like to respond to anything that we've talked about tonight on Lord Clark and Friends, please feel free to do. Um, you can always email us at our email at uh, podcast at lordclark.com. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a good day.